Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross from the future. I'm recording this about 170 episodes in. We're currently in June 2023 and I just thought I'd record an introduction to my earlier episodes for the simple reason my sister was at breakfast the other day in a cafe and she overheard a lady saying to her friend, I have just found the inner work conversation. It's really, really useful. I'm going to go right the way to the beginning and work my way through the episodes. And it immediately made me want to try and contact this lady who I have no idea who she is and be like, no, don't do that. Because this this podcast, it's been going for a few years. And during that time, I have grown. I have changed. I have evolved. I have grown more confident in my abilities and in my competence, not just in my podcasting abilities, but also in what I do with my clients. I've become much more sure about who I best work with, who I best serve, and how we can best have conversations around the topics that are meaningful to the people who I work with. And so it makes me want to go, oh God, no, listen to the more recent episodes. That's where you're going to get your best value. That's where you're going to get your best insights. And it also, to be honest, makes me go, oh, in those older episodes, I sound different. I sound different because I was trying really hard. I was trying really hard to be liked and accepted. I was trying really hard to find my place in this in this space. And I think it comes through. I think that you can hear that. And I'll be honest, there's some old, old episodes that I've gone back and I've thought, oh, that, that's made me cringe or I actually disagree with myself. And so it leaves me with the question, why wouldn't I take the old episodes down? And my simple answer is this. As we all navigate life and business, we all evolve and we all grow. And there is always going to be an older version of us that we wish we'd have said things differently or we wish we'd have done things differently. Like for example, at the beginning of my business, I wish that I'd have been much more confident in who I worked with and how I can serve them and really back in my own, you know, opinions around certain things. But I can't go back. None of us can. None of us can go back to a previous version of ourselves and rewrite time. And so I'm leaving all of my older episodes in for one reason only. And that is because I want you to take these older episodes and take them for what they are, a demonstration of someone growing and evolving and learning in public. And I I say all of this and I introduce this episode with the hope that that not only inspires you, but also helps you to give yourself permission to grow and evolve and learn in public. So many of us just won't put ourselves out there for fear that it's not going to be good enough and you know it's not going to be right and when i when i listen back to my original my my initial podcast episodes it's not good enough and it's not right by my standards now but it was back then everyone has to start somewhere we all have to start somewhere we can't just rock up to something and be who we want to be or have the quality that we want to have from day one. So with what you're about to listen to, please, please know that as these podcasts, as the numbers roll on, the more me you will hear me get, but that's the more me now. Yeah. And that's not to say that there isn't value and insight in these older episodes. It's just letting you know that this is my version of growing and evolving out loud. So with all that said, let's get into the episode. (laughs) 
Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Inner Work Conversation, a podcast with leaders like you in mind. I'm Nikki Cross, owner of Thrive Life and Business, and in today's episode, I'm sharing my key tips and observations from over the years on making decisions. From the overwhelming voice of self-doubt that leads to exhausting procrastination, to the fears of getting it all wrong, I know that this episode is for you if you've ever been stumped by indecision. Of course, I'll also be diving into things all in a work with the objective of making you feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. If you're a regular listener, I want to thank you so much for being here and don't forget, hit subscribe and tag me in your social media platform of choice with your key takeaways and what they've been. It really does help this podcast to reach the people who can benefit from it most. So thank you in advance for if you do share. And lastly, before I dive straight in, I do want to also remind you that this week is the final week before I open the doors to Thrive Together on the 26th of February. So if you're not already on the waitlist, head over to the link in the show notes to receive a special offer in your inbox before the doors open. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. Whether you're a leader or not, making decisions can be one of the most emotionally draining things to do for most of us. And I say most of us because I've worked developing people and developing leaders for 15 years and I know the challenges and the issues and the struggles that people have. And a lot of the time when people say things like, oh, I procrastinate a lot, or when people say things like, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, Sometimes, not all of the time, but sometimes what they really mean is I struggle to make decisions. And so that's what I really want to dive into in this episode. And I say some of us, but I also include me in that space as well. That was the case. I used to put off decisions for as long as I possibly could in like every different situation. So examples are when I was in employment, I would make, I would really put off making decisions that might cause conflict, might cause people to feel unpleasant things towards me. When I wanted to set up Thrive Life and Business, I put that off for nine years. (laughs) Um, But even down to little things, like when I, well, not at the moment, when I go out to restaurants, because we can't, but when I used to go out to restaurants, I would bagsy being the last person at the table to order. Like that's how far the unwillingness to make decisions (laughs) went so yeah I can personally say it was draining and it is draining so one of the things that I understood about myself was when you read a lot of personal development books as I do when you watch a lot of self-development stuff on YouTube for instance and you also understand learning theory so you understand the Kirkpatrick model Um, I've mentioned it in episodes before, I'll link it again below. You start to understand that there is a big, big difference between enjoying a piece of content, whether that's a book or someone's video or podcast even, there's a difference between that and then actually doing something with the information that will make a change or a difference or an impact in your own life. And and again, I've been in that space as well where, you know, I've procrastinated. <laughs> I've put off decisions because I just need to know a little bit more information because I just need to understand a little bit more. So I come to you in this episode from a real place of experience, both personally 
and also with the many, many people that I've worked with over the years and the leaders that I've seen being held back by their inability and unwillingness to commit to making a decision. So have prepared for this episode. And the reason that I've prepared for this episode is because inside Thrive Together, there is actually a module purely dedicated to helping you to make decisions. So I have taken some of the key points from that and I wanna share them with you today. So I've got 10 points to give you today. And some of them are things for you to think about. Some of them are concepts, some of them are questions, but 10 points is what we're gonna go through. And before I do dive into it, what I do wanna say is decision-making and being good at making decisions, it is a skill. It is something that can be developed. It's not a fixed trait or an asset that is fixed about yourself. So if you're sitting there listening to these first few minutes of this episode thinking, I'm not really sure this applies to me, not because I'm great at making decisions, but just because I don't know if this is something that can be changed about myself, please know that this is a skill and it's something that you can develop. And that's actually one of my points that I'll get to. So like I say, I've got 10 tips, should we call them, to share with you. And I really, really intend to keep this quite a short podcast. So I'm just going to dive straight in. The first tip that I've got for you is limit the dis- limit the amount of decisions that you have to make. I honestly think that if you were to look at your life and the amount of decisions that you have to make every single day, you will be astounded at how many decisions you're leaving right up until the point that you've got to make them. And that is things like what to wear, what to have for breakfast, what to have for lunch, what time you'll go and run that errand. The first tip is a really, really simple one and it's the most easy to implement. And it is just limit the amount of decisions that you're giving your brain to make every single day. The more energy you use on the little decisions like what am I gonna wear today? What time am I gonna work out? The more energy is going to be spent on decision making on decisions that actually aren't that important they're not they're just not (laughs) so the first thing that I do is see my energy as a limited resource see it as a liter of milk okay so if you've got a liter of milk and you you're spending 100 milliliters on decisions that don't really even matter but you're leaving them right up until the very last moment it's wasted energy and there are different parts to the brain um if anyone's interested there's a fantastic book that i'm going to link in the show notes called the source by dr tara swart um i've read it multiple times now but i think she does a fantastic job of explaining that it's different parts of your brain that you're using when you are in planning mode and when you are making decisions in the moment and so i think that it's a really valid point to make that if you're making decisions up front when you're in a really calm state, you might leave room for spontaneity if that's your issue. If you're thinking, well, I don't wanna preset what I'm gonna eat all week, fine. But understand that that is a decision that you are choosing to make in your day. That's a, a you know 100 milliliters of your milk that you're choosing to, to spend on those decisions. So that's the first tip, eliminate. Cut out trivial decisions that just don't matter or at least make them when your brain is in a better state to do it. Remove as many obstacles as you possibly can. 
But let's be clear, the more decisions you give yourself to make, the more stress you're giving yourself. So the goal for me is always to make a decision quickly and change it slowly. So more on this later. Point two is make tricky decisions at the time of the day when you're the most courageous. Now, another module inside of Thrive Together is a power planning module. And in here, I don't teach you how to plan. I help you discover the best way for you to plan. And one of the things that about being a business owner is I had to quickly learn that there is no one overseeing your time. <laughs> and there is no one holding you accountable for the goals that you are working towards. And so you really have to optimize when you are best, when you are at, when you are at your best, sorry, for doing certain different tasks. So as an example, making a decision, that is a task, that is something you have to do. So for me, so is a client call, delivering a one-to-one -one coaching call. And also, so for me is um, planning my social media content. These are all things to do. So I know that making decisions for me, sometimes it takes me to be creative. Sometimes it takes for me to be courageous. But decision-making for me is best done first thing. So for me, I know if I've got a decision to make that is gonna require me to be creative, it's gonna require me to put my positive pants on and be really courageous, then I need to make that decision before I let the day in, before I open any app on my phone. If I've got a decision to make, it gets thought about first. That's the first thing that I will do. And I will journal around that decision, Giving yourself that space and giving yourself that gift of make decisions at the best time of the day for you, for you. That might be, I need to have experienced the day. I need to have lived in order to get in a certain energy to be able to make a decision. Great, that's fine. But know yourself well enough in order to make that decision. Okay, third point. Understand that sometimes... <laughs> actually <laughs> rephrase that understand that most of the time you're never going to have the step-by-step -step plan you're never going to have the certainty you're never going to have the permission you're never going to have the clearly laid out map that you want in order to make your decision honestly the amount of times when i'm working with people and they'll say things to me like well i'll make that decision when I'll make that decision when it's a little bit more clear to me. I'll make that decision when I've got more certainty around X, Y, and Z. Sometimes you have to step first in order, you know that saying, um, the staircase saying? <laughs> My mind's gone completely blank. It goes something like, you don't have to see the whole staircase. You just need to take the first step. And that is so true in so many decisions that we have to make is usually by making the decision to take the first small step, the next step will be revealed to you and the next step and the next step. So a lot of the time when people are like, and me, when we're like, I just want a bit more certainty before I make a move, before I make a decision to make a move, you've got to understand that there is some self-trust stuff going on here. And I'm going to get to this in a little minute. It's my next point, actually. You have to trust yourself enough to know, I can take this small step, I can inch forward, I can shuffle if I need to, but I will be able to handle the next step after that and the next one and the next one. Sometimes you have just got to take the first step. Okay, 
Point four, and this is going back to that point that I was making around self-trust. When we're talking about making decisions, it's really easy to hide behind some of the stuff that I've just talked about. I'll do that when. I'll be ready when. I'll make that decision when. What is much more empowering is to not hide from your fears. So if I was to think about when I launched my website for my business, it was good to go. And the only decision that really needed to be made was whether I hit publish or not. But I was given so many reasons as to why I shouldn't hit publish. And they varied so, so much. But they seemed so trustworthy, those reasons, those excuses. And what actually I needed to do, rather than spend time on my excuses, What I needed to do was spend time getting closer to my fears, you know? So what if I press publish and this upsets someone somewhere? What if I press publish and I can't handle what happens next? What if I press publish and people think it's ridiculous? People think, oh, who's she to be doing that? What if I press publish and it all goes to shit? And people think, oh, that's underwhelming. I don't want to work with Nikki. And therefore you haven't got a business. What if, what if, what if? The best thing that you can do when you're making a decision is not avoid your fear. It's to get close to your fear by using two scales. The first scale is what is the possibility of that happening? How possible is it? Give it a percentage. How possible is it that everyone will go, that's a bit shit, Nick. Can't believe you launched that website. How possible is that? Well, I can give that a percentage. (laughs) And how probable is it? More to the point, how probable is it? So if I think about that, oh, it's totally possible that people could think it's shit. Totally possible. I think it's good, but they might not. How probable is it that everyone will think it's shit? Everyone? Not very. And actually, now I think about it, those who think it is shit, they're never going to work with me anyway, because this is me putting out what I do and my truth. So once you start weighing up on your scale of possibility and probability, actually, it all becomes a lot less scary. And using these scales, it usually quickly makes you realise that the things that seem so initially scary and horrible, they're just not going to happen. And if they do, usually by taking your brain through that process, you can see that you'll be able to bounce back or you can see that you'll be able to figure it out or you'll see that actually it doesn't matter. (laughs) just doesn't even matter. (laughs) So yeah, that's um, point four. Point five, focus on which muscle you're building. So I like to see my decision-making muscles as physical muscles and there's different ones that I can work out when I'm making decisions. The first one is I trust myself to be able to figure this out. I totally trust myself and I can give myself the opportunity to work that muscle out Or there's another muscle and that muscle is, I cannot trust myself to figure it out. I am not going to be okay. And the reason that I like to think of it as a muscle is because it it makes it very clear to me that when you're working out, to be able to work a muscle out, you have to use it, don't you? If you want to build your biceps, (laughs) I'm laughing because I have the upper body strength of a frog. Anyway, you have to work the muscle out. So I need to, when I'm making decisions, it's pretty bloody clear which muscle's getting worked. It's one or the other. Which one is it, Nick? Is it you can't trust yourself to figure it out? If it all goes to shit, you can't trust yourself to figure it out. I know if I'm working out that muscle because I won't be doing anything. I'll be stuck in indecision. I know which muscle I'm building because normally 
when I'm making decisions and I'm progressing forward, I'm giving myself opportunities to demonstrate back to myself, you're going to be able to handle it. You know, if you launch something, let's say you publish your website and people message you straight away saying this link doesn't work, that font's wrong, you've spelt that word twice, uh, sorry, you spelt that word wrong. That's okay, you'll figure it out. And in figuring it out, you'll be building the muscle that says, I trust myself, I trust myself to figure this out, it's gonna be okay. So there are so many times at the beginning of starting my business where I genuinely thought, I don't know if I can do this, have I? And the next thought that always used to follow is, have I just made the biggest mistake of my life? I go back and the job that I left to start my business, it was my dream job. It really was. <laughs> and I, you know, I've recorded an episode with Matt a few episodes back, I'll link it. And he he was, he was he is the owner of Recruitment Juice, the company that I used to work for. And you can tell from the episode, he's a great guy. You know, he was a great boss and I had amazing colleagues. And so at the beginning of setting up my business, when I was having these doubts of like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. I was the one who decided to walk away from that dream job. That was my choice. So that I don't know if I can do this was quickly followed by Nikki, you knob. Like, have you just made the biggest mistake of your life? But, and this is a huge but, if you learn that emotions are fleeting, if you learn when you feel an emotion, if you continue to invest in that emotion, so let's take this emotion as self-doubt. So I don't know if I can do this, that's self-doubt, right? So if I invest in that emotion rather than sit with it and understand that it is fleeting and actually at the moment I feel like I don't know if I can do this, but I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get through it and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna give myself evidence that says you can do this. That's very different to investing in the self-doubt, isn't it? So if I take self-doubt's hand and follow it down self-doubt lane and into the self-doubt swamp and sit there in the swamp, then yeah, I can expect to feel like I can't do it. But if I say, hey, self-doubt, come here, sit with me. I'm doing a really hard thing at the moment. And yeah, it, you know, I'm setting up a business. It's completely normal that I'm going to feel self-doubt. It's completely normal that you're here with me. Do you know what? I'm going to try anyway. And I'm going to show myself evidence that the doubt was wrong. It was not right. I was not right to doubt myself. You must recognise that your self-doubt usually isn't right and the emotion that you're feeling is usually fleeting. So focus on the muscle that you're building. And if any of these points resonate more with you, I invite you to jib off the rest of the points. There's 10 points in this episode and just repeat the same point over and over because there's gonna be points in this episode that you go, oh my God, she's inside my brain. That is me and that piece of advice applies to me. And there are also gonna be parts of this episode where you're like, yeah, that doesn't apply to me. Just skip them. <laughs> okay, next one, big one. Point six is getting over the two biggies. Fear of rejection, which usually sounds like, but what if they don't like it? What if they judge me? What if they think I'm a tit? What if I upset them? What if I say something or do something or in by making this decision? What if in some way I put them out? All right, that's rejection. And then there's fear of failure, which usually sounds like, what if I fuck it up? What if I can't handle it? What if it goes to shit? Ultimately, as human beings, these are our two basic fears. 
but in making assumptions, and let's be clear, that's exactly what they are, we're making assumptions, then we, firstly, aren't giving the people around us enough credit, right? So when you assume that people will reject you, who says? Who says they're going to reject you? Who says they're going to reject the decision that you've made? How have you automatically skipped to the assumption that they won't be supportive of your decision? Sometimes we don't give the people around us enough credit. And then if it is, you know, if we really do think actually no, that they're like they're unlikely to be supportive of this decision. So for instance, what will my partner think when I want to leave this high paid job to go and pursue a setting up a business where there's no guaranteed revenue, no guaranteed income? Well, can I introduce the decision that I want to make to them by asking them for support and laying out that I was actually considering not making the dis- this decision at all in case I upset you? Can you lay it out to them? Can you explain how you feel first before you go ahead and make the decision? Yeah, the next point is we're not giving ourselves enough credit to be able to deal with either of those fears, fear of rejection, fear of failure. Like I've said in this whole episode, if your worst nightmare did happen, the likelihood is you will be able to handle it. In only listening to the fears of the situation and only listening to the fears of rejection and the fear of failure, you're not acknowledging the things that could go so right, yeah? So if you have got a decision to make and you're thinking, oh, I just don't know if I should do it, the thoughts that normally follow will be thoughts of fear, thoughts of fear of failure, thoughts of fear of rejection. What about the thoughts of the way you want it to go? What about the visualizations that you could be making of you making the decision and it all going amazing? What about that? Where is your energy going in that moment? You're not giving yourself enough credit to be able to deal with the things that could go wrong, but instead you're spending your energy on catastrophizing, so rehearsing for the catastrophe that hasn't even happened, but instead you could be investing your energy in what could go right. So that leads me on to point seven. Point seven is we must consider the costs of indecision. And sometimes the costs of indecision outweigh making the decision itself. Usually we stay in indecision because it feels safer. Even if it means sticking with the ugly but comfortable truth instead of stepping into the unknown, uncertain adventure, we are more likely to stay in indecision, like I say, because it feels safer to do so. So my question for you to reflect on on this particular point is what is your indecision costing you? What is it costing you in time? What is it costing you in money? What is it costing you in energy? What is it costing you in your relationships? In every aspect of your life, what is your indecision costing you? I remember for years, I was speaking to a client about this the other day, for years I told myself I could never earn the same as I do in my job as if I set up my own business. I could never earn the same. I had made an assumption, I had made a decision, but that decision was costing me because actually it turns out I can make the same, I can make more. (laughs) By staying in indecision, you normally support the decision that you make. It's very rare that you make a decision and you go, I think that's a load of shit, the the decision I've just made. Normally we make a decision and we back ourselves, right? So my question to you in point seven is, the decision you're putting off, what is that costing you? And the way I like to look at it is, what problem would I prefer to have? Being in indecision gives me a problem. Making the decision gives me a problem. 
which problem would I prefer? So if I give you an example, doors are about to open to thrive together, which is a space for leaders. I'll link it in the show notes. I could have two different thoughts about this. If I don't launch Thrive Together, if I don't tell anyone about it, if I don't launch it, I will get to stay safe. I will get to continue serving my clients on a one-to-one basis and that is very comfortable for me. Very comfortable for me. It's also very fulfilling. The downside to that though is that there are only a limited number of one-to-one clients that I can serve, meaning that my big goal isn't met. And my big goal, by the way, is to have the biggest impact I'm able to. So I know now if I don't launch Thrive Together, I have a problem on my hands. And to me, this is a big problem. On the flip side, if I do launch Thrive Together, yeah, I'll get to serve more people. But with serving more people comes more exposure. What if they don't buy into it? What if they think it's rubbish? What if, what if, what if? There's other problems I'm doing air quotes while I say that, the launch and thrive together will give me. So one of them is I'll probably need to hire someone to help me run parts of my business and release control over things that I'm currently doing all by myself. Which problem would I prefer to have? Which problem is costing me more? Can you see how understanding the cost of indecision and weighing up which problem you would prefer to have, how helpful that can be in dealing with a decision that you've got to make? Okay, so next one, point eight, is FOMO. For those of you who don't know, FOMO is fear of missing out. And this is a really simple one, but it's one that seems to get us a lot. And that is, if I choose A, then I can't have B. If I go to a restaurant and I really like pizzas and burgers, and I choose the pizza and not the burger, then I have to give up the burger. And I love the burger. Or if I choose to set up my own business, I have to give up my job. And we do it with time as well. You know, if I choose to do a podcast, then it's just going to take up so much time. So this FOMO can creep up in sneakier ways as well. But essentially what I'm saying is it's the fear of missing out on the other thing. And going back to point four, which was don't hide from your fears. When we're thinking about fear of missing out in relation to making decisions, This is the benefit of getting really close to your fear because it allows you to go, okay, well, my thought is if I set up my business, then I'll have to give up my job. Or if I set up my business, then I'll have to give up this amazing salary that I get paid every year. Or if I choose the pizza, I have to give up the idea of having a burger. Are any of those things true? Do you actually, or can you have both? So if you order the pizza, you can't have the burger. Well, really? Can't you have both? Can't you order both? Can't you ask someone to share with you? They order the pizza, you order the burger. In the work scenario, is it true? Is it true that you you can only set up your own business or you can only have a job? Or could you reduce your hours? Could you ask your employer to support you while you have a gradual exit strategy? My point is with this one, it's normally not as black and white as you think it is. It's normally not as all or nothing as you make it out to be in your head. But what happens is we invest so much of ourselves, of our time, of our energy in what we'll be missing out on if we make the decision that we can't see the amazing side of the decision we're about to make. We can't see how amazing it would be to have the pizza. We can't see how giving up, in in air quotes, would mean that it would have an amazing impact on the rest of our lives because we'd have more freedom and flexibility in our business. 
So my point is on the FOMO bit, we fear what we're going to miss out on. And in doing that, we're not investing enough energy into getting excited about the thing that could go right or the thing that we're going to invest into. So point nine is decisions usually aren't final. And this goes for pretty much everything, but we act like once we've made a decision, we can't possibly make another. And this usually happens for two reasons, pride and again, the fear of how we'll be perceived. Will they think I'm flitting from one thing to the other? And the thing to say on that is, let's say, for instance, the decision that you were making is whether to increase your prices or not, but you were scared, you were scared of your pride was getting in the way because um, maybe if you increase your prices, less people will want to work with you. Or maybe you're scared because of how you'll be perceived. So maybe you're worried that your current clients will think you're greedy, or maybe you're worried that your current clients won't even think that it's worth the increased rate. But the thing is on this particular point, it's not, again, it's not always black and white. There are so many options for you to be able to choose from. You don't have to go all in. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Could you trial it? Think of it like a jacket. Could you try it on for size? See how comfortable it is? Always with the thinking of in the back of your mind, my old jacket was so worn in. My old jacket was so comfortable. Yeah. I invite you to try this new jacket on, this new pricing jacket on and see how it fits and give it give it time. Let yourself wear it in, <laughs> you know? So... Yeah, think rather than let your pride get in the way, really, really keep in mind that in making the decision you're about to make, it's not final and you are making the best decision that you can with the information that you've got. And when you have more or better information, you will then make a better decision. But allowing yourself to stay stuck in indecision because you'd feel like you feel like it's final, you're doing yourself a disservice in that space. So point 10 was going to be my last point, but um, as I've been talking, I there's a couple more that I want to make. <laughs> so I'll give you some bonus points at the end. But point 10 is make your decision quickly, change it slowly. So let's give you an example. If, let's say, you made a decision to start your own business and in your head you thought, yeah, I think it's possible that I can start making money in my first month of trading. Well, what if this then doesn't happen? Do you change your mind? Do you go back and find a job? Or do you stick with your decision firmly and find another way? That is one example, but this also comes in so many forms. And one of them that really strikes a chord with me time and time again, and I know will be really relevant to a lot of you out there because you message me and tell me that you're running while you're listening. It is running. Each time I let my running practice slip and I have to get back into it again, I almost, I always think to myself, this is really hard. I wonder if I'm just not a runner. I wonder if some people are just built for running and some people aren't. And there's a real fixed mindset at the beginning of, I just don't know, I just don't think I'm going to be able to do this. But just like the example I gave before about making money in your first month of business or being able to do 10k in your running straight off the bat... You can't expect to see results as quickly as that all of the time. There are steps towards making your first amount of revenue in your business that you've set up. The steps towards running your first 10K. So when I say make your decision quickly and change it slowly, I suppose what I'm saying is when you've made a decision, really think about how long you'll stick with that decision. Really think about 
is your decision wrong or are you just giving up on the concept too quickly? Um, and that said, don't forget my last point, you know, the thing that stops us from making decisions in the first place is usually that we think that making the decision will be final and it's not, you know, so usually before I make a decision on something, I'll also think to myself, okay, how long am I going to give myself before I review my progress? How long am I going to give myself before I review, review, sorry, the approach that I'm taking? How long am I going to give myself before I review the decision as a whole. And if you make those decisions upfront, then you're taking out the fear when the results aren't coming quick enough and you can only see what's under your nose in the right here, right now. And instead you can keep running, you can keep working on your business knowing that the results are coming. So they were my 10 points, but there are, as I say, two other points that have sprung to mind that I've just noted down as I've been talking. So I'm gonna share them with you now. The first one is, and I, I might have covered this in some detail in this episode, I can't remember now, <laughs> um, but the concept of, I don't know what to do. If you don't know what to do, can you explore it? Can you ask for help? Can you hire a coach to tease the information out of you or a friend? And if you really don't know, you know, if you really can't go within to find the information that you need to be able to make the decision, then can you go somewhere to find the answer? Google, YouTube, a mentor who's, or someone who's walked the path that you want to walk. And then after we have addressed that I don't know, we really do find out how stuck we are. Because as soon as we go, okay, well, actually it is right that I don't know what the best decision to make will be, then we go, okay, well, I can commit to finding out. So that's the first thing that I wanted, to, the first additional point, point 11 <laughs> of my 10 points. Um, and the last point is pressure, pressure from other people to make a particular decision. The decisions you make in your life and in your business, they belong to you. Imagine yourself as the king or queen of your empire or business or life and you are the one who makes the decisions and with that comes an extreme amount of freedom and liberation and autonomy but the reason it's scary is because with making those decisions also comes responsibility and obligation and so remember that when you're making decisions if you are feeling the pressure from a colleague or a friend or a boss or your your people in your business or a family member even, if you're feeling the pressure to make a particular decision and people are giving you their opinions that are swaying your decision to one way or another, never forget that when you make a decision, it is you that has to live with it. It is you that has to live with the outcomes of that decision, short, medium and long term. So whilst other people may have an opinion on what you should do, and actually going, going back to point six, which was about getting over the fear of rejection and getting over the fear of, fear of failure, sometimes you making a decision does involve you upsetting someone somewhere, and that's not very nice, is it? So sometimes the reason that we stay stuck in indecision, particularly when we're feeling the pressure from other people to make a certain decision, is because we're feeling the pressure of what will happen as a result of us making a decision that might go against the grain. Never forget, when you make a decision, it is you and you only who has to face the music, who has to deal with the outcomes and the results and the ramifications, short, medium and long term, 
of the decision that you have or haven't made. So <laughs> that was longer than I expected it to be. <laughs> but in summary, make a decision or make the decision not to make a decision or make a decision to plan to make the decision. But whatever you do, hopefully what this episode has given you is the weight of indecision and the potential costs of indecision and helped you to take more of an informed stance on decision-making in its entirety. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did recording it and that you found some key takeaways that you can implement into your leadership and personal development practice. All of the relevant links are in the show notes from the Kirkpatrick model and the book that I mentioned to my episode with Matt and also, of course, the link to join in the Thrive Together waitlist. I would love to see you there and I am going to be emailing the waitlist this week with a special offer. So if your name isn't already down, please make sure you get it down before Friday the 26th. Okay, thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to stay updated with me and what I'm up to, I'll leave all the links to my social media accounts in the show notes or just head over to tlb.org.uk. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode.